dear listeners, to episode 34 of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor. Winter has arrived, brought to the manor by the Hague of Winter herself. The friendship she offered me, I feel deeply within my heart. And then she was gone. Simon, Feathers, and I stood in the now gently falling snow, here at the graveyard of the manor, a dreamy, metaphysical place that surrounded us in unearthly bewilderment. So many rest now below. Are they that all walk the quiet and empty halls of the manor? But my query fell on deaf ears, for the ancient gravestones and carven stones stretched around us in every direction, sending forth sadness, even dread. This feeling grew stronger and stronger with my astonishment as it twisted into anticipation flowing down in the mysterious snow. As I circled around slowly, looking for I'm not sure what, before me stood a wise elder man, whose sudden appearance, where a moment ago had only been snow, reminded me where we stood. He appeared of some substance, his large girth cloaked in pale green. He beckoned us near, and moving to the side, motioned us to see a large black cauldron of iron stood behind him. Good Eve, he said as we approached. I looked to Simon and Feathers with a question of, do you know who this is? To which they both shook their heads and agreed upon no. Good evening, kind sir, I responded, extending my hand in greeting. He laughed heartily at this gesture, then took my hand within both of his and shook it with gusto. This did shock me as I was expecting him to be an apparition. But he was as solid as I. Who are you, may I ask? I said with a friendly manner, as I felt his warmth and kindness was great. Hmm. Who do you need me to be? He asked with a large, toothy, white grin. Well was all I could think of at the moment, not expecting such a question. My senses returned, and I asked, Are you of the Gorsky clan? Thinking that a logical question. He took in a long sigh, and rubbing his chin in obvious disappointment, thought quite hard for a moment, holding my gaze firmly. Then to answer, he said simply, No, I do not believe I am. Call me what you will. I shall respond to it gratefully. 
Oh, my, I have never met anyone who wishes me to name them. He obviously is of the spiritual persuasion. I stealthily sneaked a look-see of him out of the corner of my eye as I considered his request. Long, light green robe with dark green symbols stitched within its fabric that I have never seen before. Very, very tall, seven feet perhaps, yet heavy set with long gray hair braided in the back and a short beard which ends still remain black. He had a ring of gold in his left ear, and I could see the tops of gold chains around his neck, but what they hold was tucked safely beneath his robe. No pressure, my dear. I am excited to be named. My dear, only Harry calls me that. That made my inner warning perk up to total attention, as I did feel I was melting to his friendly demeanor. Could he be Harry? Oh, sh shall I call you mistress instead? He began, holding his hands to his heart with concern. That was presumptuous of me. For I know Harry, he speaks caringly of you. Yes, not my place to address you as such. What was I thinking? At these words he gave me, and I don't want to start off on the wrong foot look. We here at the manor all know Harry. Yes, we do, he explained, bending down, cupping his hand as if to share a secret, he whispered, Harry is always watching, and he moved his eyes this way and that, holding us to the possibility of being watched, but the secret told. I looked to Feathers for her reaction as she is very sensitive to threatening inhabitants. But she and Simon sat quietly on a gravestone, watching our interaction. All right, I started, giving him the benefit of my doubts, knowing I will be cautious at this the beginnings of our friendship. Gregor came out of my mouth without further thought from me. Oh, marvelous, wonderful, strong, strong name. I say, thank you kindly, madam. Yes, verily, thank you kindly. With a smile and a look to my companions as to what to do next, I said, uh, well, um, it was lovely to meet you. Yet we, we must be on our way. I gathered Simon and Feathers, trying to gently get away from this bigger-than-life fellow, giving him a smile of goodbye as we started into the snow. Where are you bound? 
he said eagerly, grabbing hold of his cauldron, dragging it along, following us. Well, back to the manor, I said reluctantly. Yes, I should have known. Yes, it is chilly out here. I do love the brisk weather myself. But but we must, must get you inside. No frozen nose or toes for you, mistress. Somewhere warm and toasty. The image of his roasting us over a great hearth fire jumped into my mind as he continued to admonish himself for his thoughtlessness. All is well, sir, Gregor. I corrected myself as he gave me a look of disappointment at not using his name. I know a shortcut. Through the tunnels and cellars of the manor we must go. A lovely mystical place to get out of the weather. Oh, do not bother, really, I said, quickening our pace. I know the way. The manor is just up upon that hill. Mistress, look at the deep snow. That way looks like a big trudge. Oh my, one needs very high boots to make it through that way. No, no, come this way, Gregor said, pointing to his cauldron. Simon said with great interest as he jumped to the edge of the cauldron to look down inside. Where does it go? Wherever you need to go, Gregor said with humble pride. Feathers flew over to look inside too, and I could not help myself but follow. I stopped myself from asking silly questions, like, how does it work? Is it safe? Can we truly trust you? I waited for his response, as so many inhabitants are able to read my thoughts. But he continued to look down into the cauldron with us. Hello, down there, he yelled into the cauldron <laughs> with a giggle that Feathers and Simon joined in too. Ka-ka. Hello. Hello. Simon's call made funny noises that echoed back, and Feathers cawed within the cauldron too. Portals. Are they good? or bad, doorways to other realms and dimensions. For now, I just wish to remain in our dimension here at the manor. It does depend on who is using the portal, though, and who created it. A bitter icy wind swept past us, reminding me my toes were starting to freeze. We surely need to get out of this weather very soon. That made me think of Shirley, the crescent moon, 
I looked to the sky to see if I could possibly see her, but it was a ceiling of gray, fluffy clouds. No calling the moon this night. Will this take us to the manor? I asked Gregor seriously. Yes, mistress, all is well. This is my vessel for my endless travels. Who is this spirit wanderer? I know of three who use the cauldron. The Welsh crone goddess Caradwin. Dark powers of prophecy she holds. The keeper of the cauldron of the underworld knowledge and inspiration. And then there's the ancient Irish god, the Dagda, one of the Tuatha de Danann, a father, king, and druid. I know him personally, him being the first god I ever met, oh, so long ago. And of course the witches, maidens, mothers, and crones that use the cauldron for magics and spells. Shall we? He asked, drawing his robe tighter around himself. I too am now feeling the bitterness of Sister Weather. I looked to Feathers and Simon for their agreement. They both nodded. Yes, Gregor, please lead the way. Marvelous! Marvelous! There is much waiting to be seen by you. And with that, he hopped with ease into the cauldron, and we could see him circle downwards, as if walking down a spiral staircase. We three quickly ran to peer inside. Quite a comical sight we be, each clinging and hanging perilously over the edge of the cauldron, our legs flaying wildly this way and that for balance. And there he was, spiraling down a staircase. Come along, come along, he yelled up to us. Feathers hopped to my shoulder, Simon into my arms. I grabbed my broom as we all crawled into the cauldron. Immediately, the icy cold air was replaced with warmth. Oh, that felt so good. The spiral staircase felt strong and firm, made of black ironworks with inlays of polished wood for the curling railing and the steps we stood upon. Carefully, we descended. Checking to be sure Gregor was still there in front of us, leading the way. The walls changed from that of the inside of the iron cauldron to shelves filled with books. I tried to read their titles, but all were written in languages and symbols I knew nothing of. Here and there a lantern was lit, thankfully, as the darkness soon became very heavy. Down and down we went, 
I heard the flutter of wings. Little flying things rushed past us, casting larger shadows. The scurry of little feet caught our attention, and Simon jumped almost out of my arms when he saw some juicy black bugs rush across the last step. Gregor, I yelled down, how much farther? I couldn't keep the concern from creeping into my voice. Both directions, up and down, were now lost in darkness. Almost there. Keep on coming. Almost there. He called back. Thank goodness his voice did sound very near. Mistress. Feathers whispered in my ear. Be on guard. Call, call. I stroked her chest. I very much agreed with her. Caution and awareness is my priority. And then the staircase ended. My heart stopped in fright as there was no more, no more place to go. No door, just the iron floor wall of the cauldron. Up here, mistress. We heard Gregor call. And to my relief, and Feathers and Simon's, we could see his smiling face up a few steps above us, holding a green candle for us to see him. We took these final steps back upwards and were so relieved to exit the cauldron. Let me assist you. Gregor said, taking my hand strongly and helping us get out of the cauldron. Spinning of the spiral stairs, it flows up and down, in and out. Hmm, very curious. And then we looked around to, oh my, what a sight. We were in a grand cellar tunnel. Walls of large gray stones stretched before us and behind us. Ceilings twenty feet above made of huge wooden rafters. Carved pillars and stones stretched at intervals along the walls with sconces of green fires green flames, casting an eerie, magical glow to this damp place. Before I could ask, Gregor shared, The grand cellars of the manor. Then from up above in the rafters, something stirred. Down from the rafters and Twilight, together they go As the shadows deepen The blackbirds and crows Calling the warning of night
We watched as Gregor walked to one of the green flames. He took his little fingers and placed them within the flames for a moment until each held the green flame at its tip, just like a candle. Simon shouted, Green magic, mistress, green magic. Gregor, are you all right? I asked with concern as I walked over to him. He raised his little fingers up to the sides of his head. His other fingers curled, forming a mudra circle, each touching his thumb. He did not answer me, now lost within a deep concentration. Bringing both hands in front of his face with a smooth gesture, his two little fingers moved together, causing the green flames to swirl into a thin, tall, long taper shape, his face brightly cast in this unearthly glow, his eyes burning green in response. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
Rhaegar chanted. Blackbird and crow calls sharply echoed from the distant depths of the cellar tunnels. We heard scraping and dragging from one wall. Simon and Feathers inched their way closer to me as we watched. The wall slowly moved and groaned. Gregor moved to stand in front of this point in the stones. Quickly, the stone wall inched backwards. He continued his chant with ease, the wall responding, moving away faster and faster, farther and farther into the earth, opening a dark cellar way before us. More sounds of groans caught our attention, filled with grief, sadness, loss, clutching tightly in the center of our hearts. So loud, now pounding so overwhelmingly that I had to cover my ears. The blackbird and crow calls flowed closer to us, more urgent, a warning. I thought I could hear the word night in their melancholy alarm. Odd sounds came from this tunnel and familiar sounds of a storm somewhere in the distance. Gregor brought the flame to his lips with reverence and with deep, great breaths He blew the flames down the secret passage, finding lanterns of white that burst to life with the green flame. From the ceiling in the corners of my eyes, I caught movement. Little black shadows, slowly at first, crept from the rafters crept from the corners. Their unnatural movements made me shiver with apprehension and an odd, creepy sensation at the back of my neck, making the hairs stand straight up as I tried to shake the feeling away. I looked to see where Simon and Feathers were. To my shock, They were halfway down this tunnel, flying and hopping at top speed, farther and farther away from me, not telling me they were going, not calling for me to follow. What has happened? The little black shadows crawled across the ceiling, scurrying like bugs to the top of this new cellar way, each clinging to the wall, each peeking a misshapen head over the edge of the arch, fighting and wrestling amongst themselves, 
all to garner a space to hang there, looking down into the now open tunnel. Gregor, I spoke in total confusion. Then he blew out the flames on his fingers. I could see they held no injury, no burn marks, no wounds. They seek to go home. He finally spoke, pointing upwards to the many shadows clinging above the tunnel entrance. They all scurried over each other, yet made not a vocal sound, nor moved to pass into the tunnel. What? Who are they? I whispered. I could feel the dampness of the cellar starting to creep within me. Poor lost ones, gone too far, gone too long to find their way back to where they belong. Gregor shared and sighed. <sighs> lost, waiting for nightfall which never can be found on their own. Within these closed and cold cellars, let us go. We shall see if they will follow, as the time must be right. I followed Gregor into the tunnel fascinated by the beautiful green flames, an absolute uncommon energy, so unusual. I could physically feel the surge emitted straight to me. It grew strong each time I passed a lantern. We walked for a time in silence. Halfway down the tunnel, Gregor stopped to look back. I too followed his gaze, looking back to see all the tiny little black faces still peeking from the top of the tunnel wall, there in the distance, shoving and bumping and pushing against each other, each wanting to see, yet waiting for a signal the right moment they had been waiting so long for. Come, Gregor called to them with a flourish of his hand into some secret symbol. He did not wait for their response, turning to continue on down the tunnel, still ever pulling his cauldron behind him I watched for a few seconds to see if they would follow, but none seemed to dare, to dare to cross the threshold. No more can I do. They must take the next step on their own. 
Gregor turned back to me. He had moved very quickly, such that I had to run to catch up to him. We walked on, me eagerly looking forwards to Feathers and Simon, for I could no longer see them. Me also eager to see if the creatures followed us thinking and wondering why my companions had gone ahead, wondering on this place, wondering on the creatures, wondering and wondering with no answers to be offered. I heard from the knowing. Ask? I thought, ask who? We abruptly came to the end of the tunnel, an old skeleton staircase of rickety wood precariously hung against the brick wall. It went steeply straight upwards on one side, steeply downwards on the other into a gaping hole. Beyond the stairs was darkness in both directions. Which way had Feathers and Simon gone? Upwards, I would think. Yet this may seem a bit crazy, but I wanted to go down. I felt a strong pull to explore in that direction. Why? Would I want to do that? Gregor immediately took to the stairs, upwards. I stood with indecision as I watched him climb higher and higher in silence. Gregor! I called gently up to him, ready to ask him to wait. Go where you will, he answered. I stood at the bottom of the stairs, wrecked with indecision. At the top, he opened the large wooden door, then stopped and took a candle from under his cloak. He placed it on the top stair, and it lit the green flame once again alive. The flame will guide you on your return as it will wait for those creatures to go where they must. And with that, he left me. Oh, my, is all I could whisper to myself, still frozen in indecision. Before I could think this through, I heard a racket of scurrying noises from far down the tunnel from whence we had just come. I could see the green lanterns begin to extinguish one by one, beginning with the farthest lantern in the distance, each going out, snuffed by something passing. A crack of lightning and thunder exploded from above, making me jump, instinctively moving behind the stairs to hide in the shadows there. 
I could feel a strong breeze flow down the stairs and open windows somewhere close, inviting the now raging storm into the manor. I tried to see if the green candle at the top of the stairs still burned. I felt it was of great importance for what was to come. Oh, yes, I could see it, flickering strongly in the force of the breeze. I returned my attention down the tunnel with concern. There I could see what I sensed, the ceiling full of the crawling, twisting shadows. They causing the green lanterns to go out as they passed, getting closer and closer to their freedom. I felt excited for their freedom, yet I felt unsettled. A great distress drowning me in more concern, concern that they may not succeed to leave this place. Something was about to happen to go wrong. My eyes searched for the cause, looking to the dark hole leading downwards, looking up the stairs. And as I had feared, it came. As I looked up with focus, the large wooden door at the top of the stairs slammed shut with an ominous clatter that boomed and echoed warning all the way down into the tunnel. I heard a lock being firmly set, a lone green candle at the top of the stairs slowly died before my eyes. The most heart-wrenching screams came from the little black shadows so close now within the tunnel, for they knew their searched-for exit has been blocked once again. Such sad and agonizing cries exploded from each and every one of them, scratching and clawing as they scurried back to where they had come from. A gasp of empathy for them escaped from my lips. Oh! But then I held my breath as I heard a heavy step upon the wooden stairs. Too heavy for the old structure, making it shake and quiver dangerously. I slunk back upon the brick wall, fearful it would break upon me, fearful of what was coming to find me. Step by step, something descended the stairs. Closer it came to me. I could hear the jingle of keys, keys that kept doors locked within the manor, keys that kept things in, and keys that kept things out, followed by the heavy, raspy, labor breathing of who the keys belonged to. 
The green lanterns in the tunnels had continued to die. Only the three closest to the stairs still remained lit. Down it came, for I could not see what it be. No urgency in its descent, its task accomplished. I tried to calm my heart, it beating so loudly in my chest. I tried to keep my breathing quiet, for I did not want to meet this manor ghost. Thankfully, its breath was so loud, covering up my frightened gasps. And there it was, just above me now. With each step, the dust of time floated down on me from the old stairs. One step, then another, until it stepped on the stair right before my eyes. Only one lantern's dull light gave a little light for me to see. I saw a foot. Big, twisted toes, long, blackened nails, heels covered in mud, cracked and caked in strings of moss and cobwebs, and the smell, I do not want to even try to describe it. Let me just say, foul. It descended those last few steps. But no more could I see of its features as the last lantern followed the fate of the others, leaving me in total darkness. I wanted to scream. I told myself, do not do it. Do not scream. Do not scream. Do not let it know you are here. I listened as it shuffled off down the tunnel. Farther and farther away it went, keys jingling in a pleased way, heavy breathing growing quieter with each step. I don't know how long I cowered there in the corner under the stairs, hiding as other sad things have done within the manor, me experiencing it firsthand. I finally gathered enough courage to crawl up the stairs to the door. As I expected, it was locked. I knocked quietly a few times, not wanting to call attention to myself. Then I called out by whispers through the keyhole, but no one came to my aid. Where was Gregor? Where was Simon? Where was Feathers? Voice, I whispered to the manor. What do I need to do? Voice, who had helped so many times in my journeys throughout the manor. Look below. Voice answered me. Oh, 
making me feel so much better. I looked down into the darkness to see a little light shining from the hole going downwards. I felt gratitude. When a spiritual message and feeling is confirmed, I had felt that was the way I should go. And from its depths, I heard the gentle tingle of puppet bells. Blessings and hugs, dear listeners.